0: You're listening to the Womaneering Podcast, conversations about pioneering Christian womanhood. We're your hosts, Christy Bauman and Tracy Johnson. Press and record now. Press and record now. (laughs) It's just so good. (sighs) Thanks for being here.
1: Thank you for being here.
0: Okay. We, we can't stop. What did you say? You are like, we could talk about any of the Mars Hill episodes that are going on. And here's what I want to say about that.
1: We could, we could talk about any of the Mars Hill episodes. And the reason that we could is because the things that, the things that stir you and I up are not unique to Mark Driscoll. They're not unique to Mars Hill church. So while we're we're responding, and the and the um, the podcast is a catalyst for our conversation, it, it feels most important or very important to me to say this isn't about Mars Hill Church. No, we're no. talking about this because we know these things to be true and to exist mm-hmm. at varying levels, yes. broadly across the church and certainly the evangelical church
0: yes and so christian women Mm -hmm. are without options and that's what you were saying earlier of like that's what we're going to that's what we're going to talk about today is we've had a lot of our listeners write or ask for more conversation around this because christian evangelical women are trying to figure out their role in response to the Western patriarchal dominance in the church. Right.
1: Right. And so this, the rise and and fall of Mars Hill is resonating for them.
0: Yes, a lot. It's popular because it's resonating. In their body. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in our bodies. I mean, that's why, again, you said your text and I love it. I think we need to do another podcast on it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so I, and what I love is that I knew exactly which one you were talking about. I listened through Mm -hmm. a couple of them, but there was one particular one that you and I were both moved by. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And so tell me about that.
1: Well, so we've chosen today's conversation to be tied to the podcast that's actually titled Demon Hunting, which Mm -hmm. is a portion of what we want to talk about. But but right from right from the get-go, once you actually uh, get through the sort of the introduction to the podcast and, and the interview starts with Jen Smith, um, we're there. And I, I just as she was talking about um, sitting in a workshop or a meeting of some kind yes. and hearing not Mark Driscoll talking, but another pastor on staff talking about um, how dumb – Hmm. loose girls um who were promiscuous how dumb they were because at least prostitutes get paid for You'd, what they're doing.
0: Th- prostitutes knew to charge money. But right. girls who were giving themselves away and their sexuality right. away were dumb,
1: dumb. And and she just talks about like she felt like, you know, at some level he was telling her story. This feels important because at the at the bottom that feels so pervasive Mm. in what is communicated and and really like we could get into we could start talking about purity culture and what's communicated there what is subtly communicated in youth group Mm -hmm. um as Mm -hmm. as teenagers are being talked to it's this this idea that it is the girl's responsibility to maintain her sexual purity and right. if anything happens it's it's really on her and right. you and I have heard countless women that have come in and they'll they will sit with us and they mm. will start to describe how it was their fault right how whatever happened it. Mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. was was their fault um so I think that that's you know yeah. a piece of of what kind of grabbed us both and then and then Jen makes a, a powerful statement. She says that the culture of shame, and she's talking about, you know, what she's describing as a culture of shame at Mars Hill Church. So the culture of shame appealed to my burden of shame. Hmm.
0: Yeah. What was that like? What went on for you?
1: I, I, just, I, like, I stopped it and I thought that feels true. Yes. Yes. That feels true. Almost as if, I mean, and kind of, I think what went on for me, was like, I have this burden of shame and it's almost like I know what I'm supposed to do with it. If I'm inside a shame-based culture. Right. Right. Oh, you're telling me what to do with this.
0: Hmm.
1: Right. You're naming it. It's, it's sin. It's my sin. Mm-hmm. All of this shame is, is due to my sin and, uh, and the
0: gospel is here to remind me of how terrible I am. Yes, yes. And the, and the oppressive nature of that shame culture is any culture or narrative where you feel oppressed or dehumanized or what I love the way womenist theology puts it is that you feel like your somebodiness is taken away. And I, I think that's an interesting word. And they say it's the sin to take away somebody's somebodyness that our birthright, that we matter, that we are humans. And so the mm-hmm. dehumanization that we feel in a shame culture—I think women have a propensity, and, and maybe men too. But we're talking about women in this in this dynamic of the Western church, patriarchal church. Women have a propensity to be dehumanized, to align themselves with that. And we can just crawl in our holes because we're now told what to do with that shame that we feel inside of ourselves and we go dark. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. And so I think that I love the way womanist theology is kind of saying, are you taking somebody's somebodiness away?
1: I love that. Yeah. And um, I think that even invites our listeners to to just even take a few minutes and think about what what does that mean to you,
0: your mm-hmm. somebodyness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I do. I have to pause and be like, "What is my somebodyness? What is that? I am someone. That I am somebody in this world."
1: Well, and I would even say, like, you were, you are somebody. You were created by God to uniquely be somebody mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and I think that's what gets lost mm.
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, yeah. and that's I think that's that's um, maybe some of the if if dehumanizing can have subtlety to it that the, the mm-hmm. subtlety being that the uniqueness of who you are is what's getting lost you are just another one of those sinful women covered in shame those were another girls those dumb girls Mhm. You're just you're just another one of them. Oh, and and that's the that's the subtle stealth presence of evil. Yeah.
0: Yes, that's a lie. Mhm.
1: Mhm. Mhm.
0: But it think... feels so true. Yes, it it again that made me kind of move towards the part of um Mark talking about having the gift of discernment. And I I don't know if we want to jump to the idea, but you're talking about evil here. Evil has this subtle undercurrent of keeping someone dehumanized, Mm -hmm. right? That's the opposite of being made in the image of God. And so if there is a gift or someone has the gift of discernment or prophecy and they speak something over you they also have the power, the shadow side of that, is they have the power to speak death over you, to speak shame over you. And we have to be really careful, particularly as women, of where we're giving our power, who can say what about us, who gets to say what they get to say about us. Um, And I I would ask a lot of women just to take inventory of who is speaking over them and is it a pastor or a husband of who and what are the what particularly in their lives what are they speaking over them so i think that's that uh
1: that leads into sort of the next like as this episode continued to kind of unfold Mm -hmm. um the the next thing that you know got my blood boiling a little bit is uh, that that then we, we move through the episode and and Mark starts talking a little bit about what he has known um, around spiritual warfare and uh, and demonic oppression is what mm-hmm. he's really talking about and he says uh, that he, he doesn't know why but most of these stories are about women most right. of the stories are women. He doesn't know why, but then he goes on to say why. Because women are the weaker vessel and because women are more easily deceived. And then he makes a, 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 a smart remark about Satan didn't even attack Adam until he was married. Oh, okay. And I want to take all of that oh. like, and pin it back to what you just said, mm-hmm. which is what is being spoken over you? Mm -hmm. What is being Mm -hmm. spoken over you as is consistent and and part of what is pervasively and consistently disturbing to me as I listen to this podcast and I can hear Mark speaking and then the room is filled with laughter and there are always women laughing. And so he says these things and they're almost tongue in cheek, like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's a little bit humorous. Mm -hmm. And everybody laughs. But this is part of the culture. It is being spoken over these women, whether it's said lightly or tongue in cheek or with a little bit of jesting, this is is still, right? This is what's being spoken. This is what is being subtly and not so subtly communicated.
0: And I get this image of like, if we take any woman who is a beautiful masterpiece in that moment, I can see Mark or a pastor just chipping away a block out that says you're dumb and a piece falls. And all of a sudden the image of you is now marked or, a, a you know, a chipping away of like a shaming word. You're dumb and I'm going to get you to laugh at this, your dumbness. You know, he goes on to say like, women, do you like to be flirty? Do you, you know, he's talking about Potiphar's wife and there's just this putting of in your place that feels, um, I mean, it it feels like it, it, it pulls towards a woman being ignorant in that position that she lays down and she is, is isn't a place of acting weaker or or more dumb instead of saying wait that is not that's not who God created me to be
1: Mm -hmm. and then we're we're left when scripture gets used like that yes I I I, have torn these passages apart I I know how I hold them and I know what I what I believe Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for myself now um and, and it, and it's not easy. Like the, the words are there. Paul did write those words mm-hmm. that a, the woman is a weaker vessel. He did write the words. I think, you know, it's like in first Timothy where he talks about, you know, uh, Adam not being deceived, but Eve being deceived. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're there. And we have to wrestle with those and for most of my life those passages have only ever been interpreted for me or taught on by a man mm-hmm.
0: and what did the passages feel like to you
1: terrible i mean it mm-hmm. felt like it reinforces to me it's like it almost gives permission if you if you just take take those like at face value no context no no considering sort of the preponderance of scripture. You just take those, it's like, well, I guess that's true. Right. Right, she did, she was deceived. And so maybe men are better, maybe men are smarter. Maybe this, like, maybe I'm supposed to be okay with being treated like this. If I'm gonna be like a biblical, godly woman. I have to know my place. I,
0: I, oh, I see this all the time. I mean, when I sit with couples, husbands and wives sit across from me, and it's always about the man's sexuality. The conversation always comes to, is he looking at porn? Is he being faithful? Is he sexually satisfied? Um, We are never asking the question, is the female sexually satisfied? Is she, I mean maybe sometimes but i i would say in the last five years of doing this the conversation is always about centered around the male sexuality or the male spirituality and headship and there again i think a lot of women believe what you just said i think a lot of women believe they're second-class citizens and that they and that god created them that way
1: yes And that this is God's designed order for them is to be a second class citizen.
0: Sadly, I, I, I sadly think a lot of women are, have been whether we want to say brainwashed, but have, have drank the Kool-Aid and believe that that's true. And I think it's such a false understanding of scripture. Mm -hmm. I, I,
1: I would concur. I would concur. Um, and so you know we we could get into um, we could share our opinions I can right. I can unpack what I believe about this. and ultimately, though, what i I want the women who listen to us, I want to say, will you mm. value, will you risk believing something more mm. about?" Why God created you? Will you value yourself enough to go figure out what what do you believe about this? Right, because you can go out there. There are there are uh, there are commentaries. There mm-hmm. are wise women who have taught on these passages. There are a few men, but what will, what will you do? What will you do? Because in the end, Mm. it's, it's really, you said early on, like, as we were just starting this, women feel that they have no options. Right. Right. So their options are, are what you put it so well when we were talking before we started recording.
0: I always do. That's when our best stuff comes out. But right, we, 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 you said we appear where it appears we are without options. And I think it is really good for women to ask what do they believe about how God actually created them and what their bodies were meant for and what their sexuality was meant for.
1: Because otherwise their options are to live in shame
0: mm-hmm.
1: or, and this is about shame also. Right. Right. But this is about using our sexuality Yes. To gain a place of power.
0: Yes. And so that's where I want to talk about the transactional use of sexuality and spirituality. What we're talking right now is who can better debate if a man has authority or if a woman has authority. We're looking at scripture. We're we're even talking through the body, the physio- physiology of us. And I, I would say that transactional approach feels very patriarchal. So I don't, that's not my tendency. I don't feel the desire to go to my head and explain something, Mm
1: -hmm. but I
0: just want our listeners to just think about how women, we're intuitive. We go from our body. And if we can be shamed out of feeling in our body and trusting our body, then all of a sudden our voice is taken away. So I'm just going to read the clinical definition of sexual shame, because I want women to think about whether or not they feel this, We, you know, um, we know that shame culture brings shame about our bodies and dehumanization. That's what we're talking about before. But the clinical definition is internalized feelings of disgust and humiliation towards one's own body and identity as a sexual being, particularly feelings of abnormality, inferiority, and unworthiness. When have you last been in your body and felt inferior Mm -hmm. or unworthy, whether you were in a Sunday church service, listening to a sermon or whether you were in the bedroom with your husband in a sexual act, we have to listen to when our bodies are dealing with and consuming shame. Mm -hmm. And then therefore we don't have our true voices. We aren't speaking from a place of worthiness from a if you're not inferior, superior, from superiority. That word even sounds dangerous for a woman to have superiority. And again, we're all talking in transaction narrative, right? Our well, is like it's a transaction
1: narrative and it's a narrative of comparison. Right. And and comparison comparison is always about contempt. Mm.
0: Oh, I'll say that again, Tracy.
1: Comparison is always about contempt. Mm-hmm. And we know that we so we need that because shame is present. Yeah. And and, and it, this is women live here. We live oh, here. And and so I I think I wanted to say it because the pathway out mm is not when when i'm feeling <clears throat> sexual shame when i'm feeling that the pathway out is not that i get to a place where i'm able to compare myself to to my husband and and whether you know i'm feeling sexually superior or 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 to another woman and i find myself feeling Oh, I feel better about myself, right, compared to her. Like, this is not the path out, ladies. Like, comparison is not your pathway to freedom. Like, we're talking about your dignity. Yes. We are talking about your dignity. What does it mean to be a woman who Mm. walks in dignity? Strength Mm. and dignity are her clothing.
0: Mm. And she laughs at the days to come
1: and she laughs at the days that they come but what does that mean to be a woman of strength
0: and dignity and and so the that full circle is who are we listening to for the interpretation of what our god is telling to us about his creation us what are who are we letting define that and if it's coming from a shame culture right? Another part of that, the podcast narrative is we are more comfortable with a narcissistic leader in our church.
1: Telling Why us what to do. Is that?
0: Yes. Why is yes. that? Instead of mm-hmm. us actually standing in our dignity, standing in the honor of, of what God has created us to be.
1: Well, and I'll tell you what I, I believe that it takes far less faith. Mm-hmm come on to sit underneath the teaching of a narcissistic pastor Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. takes far less faith to sit there than it does to sit inside of your own body Mm. and trust that the god that you believe in Mm
0: -hmm. has
1: goodness that he is speaking over you and for you and around you and about Mm -hmm. you come on that that Mm -hmm. is what requires faith yes
0: yes oh it's just it's it's so true Mm -hmm. it is so true and and if you want to dig into those narratives to those commentaries that actually talk about the female body and what her spirituality what her sexuality brings you will have to stretch your faith you will you will because no one has told you that prior And, and, and probably the voices you're listening to are not researching what's best for you and what God intended. And so will you listen to potentially a female theologian or commentary on how scripture is meant for you to understand? Because you're right. You're calling to a type of faith that women have been trained to not have, to not trust. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, 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 that is not living into our dignity. Nope. Hmm. nope. Oh, I like that. You just gave us some options, Tracy, <laughs> in an optionless we world.
1: Mm-hmm. 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 We- yep, And they're your options. Cause I can't give you mine. They're yes. yours. They're unique mm-hmm. to you. They're worth discovering and um and and in the company of other women you can wonder about them you can speak them Mm -hmm. out loud you can reframe together Mm -hmm. but in the end Mm -hmm. in the end we're talking about your dignity Mm -hmm. your worth your value that is uniquely about you Mm -hmm. so that has to be a path that you that you walk not one that can be handed to you by somebody else. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. Amen. Whew.
1: Good so church. Thank you. We went to church. Come on. Okay. We That's went good. to
0: church. Okay. <laughs> well, good listener. Thank you. Thank you for for this. And we we pray that your body would know what resonates as truth inside of it. And that the parts of you that have been shamed are silenced would be awakened to the kindness of a God who created you as woman unapologetically Mm -hmm. and, and very much in love and saying it is good. Mm -hmm. So may you know that today. Amen.
1: If you enjoyed this podcast, we ask that you please share it with someone, leave us a review, or follow us on Instagram at womenearing.